Part two, chapter ten of the idiot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. The idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Eva M. Martin. Part two, chapter ten. After moistening his lips with the tea which Vera Lebedeff brought him, Hippolyte set the cup down on the table and glanced round. He seemed confused and almost at a loss. "'Just look, Lizaveta Prokofievna,' he began, with a kind of feverish haste. "'These china cups are supposed to be extremely valuable. Lebedeff always keeps them locked up in his china cupboard. They were part of his wife's dowry. Yet he has brought them out to-night, in your honour, of course. He is so pleased." He was about to add something else, but could not find the words. "'There he is feeling embarrassed. I expected as much,' whispered Yevgeny Pavlovitch suddenly in the prince's ear. It is a bad sign. What do you think? Now, out of spite, he will come out with something so outrageous that even Lizaveta Prokofievna will not be able to stand it." Muishkin looked at him inquiringly. "'You do not care if he does,' added Yevgeny Pavlovitch. "'Neither do I. In fact, I should be glad merely as a proper punishment for our dear Lizaveta Prokofievna. I am very anxious that she should get it without delay, and I shall stay till she does. You seem feverish. Never mind, by and by. Yes, I am not feeling well," said the prince impatiently, hardly listening. He had just heard Hippolyte mention his own name. "'You don't believe it,' said the invalid, with a nervous laugh. "'I don't wonder, but the prince will have no difficulty in believing it. He will not be at all surprised.' "'Do you hear, prince? Do you hear that?' said Lizaveta Prokofievna, turning towards him. There was laughter in the group around her, and Lebedev stood before her, gesticulating wildly. He declares that your humbug of a landlord revised this gentleman's article, the article that was read aloud just now, in which you got such a charming dressing down." The prince regarded Lebedeff with astonishment. "'Why don't you say something?' cried Lizaveta Prokofievna, stamping her foot. Well murmured the prince, with his eyes still fixed on Lebedeff. I can see now that he did. "'Is it true?' she asked eagerly. "'Absolutely, Your Excellency,' said Lebedeff, without the least hesitation. Mrs. Yepanchin almost sprang up in amazement at his answer, and at the assurance of his tone. He actually seems to boast of it," she cried. "'I am base, base,' muttered Lebedeff, beating his breast and hanging his head. 
what do i care if you are base or not he thinks he only has to say i am base and there is an end of it as to you prince are you not ashamed i repeat are you not ashamed to mix with such riff-raff i will never forgive you the prince will forgive me said lebedeff with emotional conviction keller suddenly left his seat and approached lizaveta prokofievna it was only out of generosity madame he said in a resonant voice and because i would not betray a friend in an awkward position that i did not mention this revision before though you heard him yourself threatening to kick us down the steps to clear the matter up i declare now that i did have recourse to his assistance and that i paid him six roubles for it but i did not ask him to correct my style i simply went to him for information concerning the facts of which i was ignorant to a great extent and which he was competent to give the story of the gaiters the appetite in the swiss professor's house the substitution of fifty roubles for two hundred and fifty all such details in fact were got from him i paid him six roubles for them but he did not correct the style i must state that i only revised the first part of the article interposed lebedeff with feverish impatience while laughter rose from all around him but we fell out in the middle over one idea so i never corrected the second part therefore i cannot be held responsible for the numerous grammatical blunders in it that is all he thinks of cried lizaveta prokofievna may i ask when this article was revised said evgeny pavlovitch to keller yesterday morning he replied we had an interview which we all gave our word of honour to keep secret the very time when he was cringing before you and making protestations of devotion oh the mean wretches i will have nothing to do with your pushkin and your daughter shall not set foot in my house lizaveta prokofievna was about to rise when she saw hippolyte laughing and turned upon him with irritation well sir i suppose you wanted to make me look ridiculous heaven forbid he answered with a forced smile but i am more than ever struck by your eccentricity lizaveta prokofievna i admit that i told you of lebedeff's duplicity on purpose i knew the effect it would have on you on you alone for the prince will forgive him he has probably forgiven him already and is racking his brains to find some excuse for him is that not the truth prince he gasped as he spoke and his strange agitation seemed to increase well said mrs epanchin angrily surprised at his tone well what more i have heard many things of the kind about you they delighted me i have learned to hold you in the highest esteem continued hippolyte 
his words seemed tinged with a kind of sarcastic mockery yet he was extremely agitated casting suspicious glances around him growing confused and constantly losing the thread of his ideas all this together with his consumptive appearance and the frenzied expression of his blazing eyes naturally attracted the attention of every one present i might have been surprised though i admit i know nothing of the world not only that you should have stayed on just now in the company of such people as myself and my friends who are not of your class but that you should let these young ladies listen to such a scandalous affair though no doubt novel reading has taught them all there is to know i may be mistaken i hardly know what i am saying surely no one but you would have stayed to please a whippersnapper yes a whippersnapper i admit it to spend the evening and take part in everything only to be ashamed of it to-morrow i know i express myself badly i admire and appreciate it all extremely though the expression on the face of his excellency your husband shows that he thinks it very improper <laughs> he burst out laughing and was seized with a fit of coughing which lasted for two minutes and prevented him from speaking he has lost his breath now said lizaveta prokofievna coldly looking at him with more curiosity than pity come my dear boy that is quite enough let us make an end of this ivan fyodorovitch now quite out of patience interrupted suddenly let me remark in my turn sir he said in tones of deep annoyance that my wife is here as the guest of prince lyof nikolaevitch our friend and neighbour and that in any case young man it is not for you to pass judgment on the conduct of lizaveta prokofievna or to make remarks aloud in my presence concerning what feelings you think may be read in my face yes my wife stayed here continued the general with increasing irritation more out of amazement than anything else everyone can understand that a collection of such strange young men would attract the attention of a person interested in contemporary life i stayed myself just as i sometimes stop to look on in the street when i see something that may be regarded as as as, as a curiosity suggested yevgeny pavlovitch seeing his excellency involved in a comparison which he could not complete that is exactly the word i wanted said the general with satisfaction a curiosity however the most astonishing and if i may so express myself the most painful thing in this matter is that you cannot even understand young man that lizaveta prokofievna only stayed with you because you are ill if you really are dying moved by the pity awakened by your plaintive appeal and that her name character and social position 
place her above all risk of contamination lizaveta prokofievna he continued now crimson with rage if you are coming we will say good-night to the prince and thank you for the lesson general said hippolyte with unexpected gravity regarding him thoughtfully two minutes more if you please dear ivan fyodorovitch said lizaveta prokofievna to her husband it seems to me that he is in a fever and delirious you can see by his eyes what a state he is in it is impossible to let him go back to petersburg to-night can you put him up lyof nikolaevitch i hope you are not bored dear prince she added suddenly to prince s alexandra my dear come here your hair is coming down she arranged her daughter's hair which was not in the least disordered and gave her a kiss this was all that she had called her for i thought you were capable of development said hippolyte coming out of his fit of abstraction yes that is what i meant to say he added with the satisfaction of one who suddenly remembers something he had forgotten here is burdovsky sincerely anxious to protect his mother is that not so and he himself is the cause of her disgrace the prince is anxious to help burdovsky and offers him friendship and a large sum of money in the sincerity of his heart and here they stand like two sworn enemies <laughs> you all hate burdovsky because his behaviour with regard to his mother is shocking and repugnant to you do you not is that not true is it not true <coughs> you all have a passion for beauty and distinction in outward forms that is all you care for isn't it i have suspected for a long time that you cared for nothing else well let me tell you that perhaps there is not one of you who loved your mother as burdovsky loved his as to you prince i know that you have sent money secretly to burdovsky's mother through gania well i bet now he continued with a hysterical laugh that burdovsky will accuse you of indelicacy and reproach you with a want of respect for his mother yes that is quite certain <laughs> he caught his breath and began to cough once more come that is enough that is all now you have no more to say now go to bed you are burning with fever said lizaveta prokofievna impatiently her anxious eyes had never left the invalid good heavens he is going to begin again you are laughing i think why do you keep laughing at me said hippolyte irritably to evgeny pavlovitch who certainly was laughing i only want to know mr hippolyte excuse me i forget your surname mr terentieff said the prince oh yes mr terentieff thank you prince 
i heard it just now but had forgotten it i want to know mr terentieff if what i have heard about you is true it seems you are convinced that if you could speak to the people from a window for a quarter of an hour you could make them all adopt your views and follow you i may have said so answered hippolyte as if trying to remember yes i certainly said so he continued with sudden animation fixing an unflinching glance on his questioner what of it nothing i was only seeking further information to put the finishing touch evgeny pavlovitch was silent but hippolyte kept his eyes fixed upon him waiting impatiently for more well have you finished said lizaveta prokofievna to evgeny make haste sir it is time he went to bed have you more to say she was very angry yes i have a little more said evgeny pavlovitch with a smile it seems to me that all you and your friends have said mr terentieff and all you have just put forward with such undeniable talent may be summed up in the triumph of right above all independent of everything else to the exclusion of everything else perhaps even before having discovered what constitutes the right i may be mistaken you are certainly mistaken i do not even understand you what else murmurs arose in the neighbourhood of burdovsky and his companions lebedeff's nephew protested under his breath i have nearly finished replied evgeny pavlovitch i will only remark that from these premises one could conclude that might is right i mean the right of the clenched fist and of personal inclination indeed the world has often come to that conclusion proudhon upheld that might is right in the american war some of the most advanced liberals took sides with the planters on the score that the blacks were an inferior race to the whites and that might was the right of the white race well you mean no doubt that you do not deny that might is right what then you are at least logical i would only point out that from the right of might to the right of tigers and crocodiles or even danilov and gorsky is but a step i know nothing about that what else hippolyte was scarcely listening he kept saying well and what else mechanically without the least curiosity and by mere force of habit why nothing else that is all however i bear you no grudge said hippolyte suddenly and hardly conscious of what he was doing he held out his hand with a smile the gesture took evgeny pavlovitch by surprise but with the utmost gravity he touched the hand that was offered him in token of forgiveness i can but thank you he said in a tone too respectful to be sincere 
for your kindness in letting me speak for i have often noticed that our liberals never allow other people to have an opinion of their own and immediately answer their opponents with abuse if they do not have recourse to arguments of a still more unpleasant nature what you say is quite true observed general epanchin then clasping his hands behind his back he returned to his place on the terrace steps where he yawned with an air of boredom come sir that will do you weary me said lizaveta prokofievna suddenly to evgeny pavlovitch hippolyte rose all at once looking troubled and almost frightened it is time for me to go he said glancing round in perplexity i have detained you i wanted to tell you everything i thought you all for the last time it was a whim he evidently had sudden fits of returning animation when he awoke from his semi-delirium then recovering full self-possession for a few moments he would speak in disconnected phrases which had perhaps haunted him for a long while on his bed of suffering during weary sleepless nights well good-bye he said abruptly you think it is easy for me to say good-bye to you <laughs> feeling that his question was somewhat gauche he smiled angrily then as if vexed that he could not ever express what he really meant he said irritably in a loud voice excellency i have the honour of inviting you to my funeral that is if you will deign to honour it with your presence i invite you all gentlemen as well as the general he burst out laughing again but it was the laughter of a madman lizaveta prokofievna approached him anxiously and seized his arm he stared at her for a moment still laughing but soon his face grew serious do you know that i came here to see those trees pointing to the trees in the park it is not ridiculous is it say that it is not ridiculous he demanded urgently of lizaveta prokofievna then he seemed to be plunged in thought a moment later he raised his head and his eyes sought for someone he was looking for evgeny pavlovitch who was close by on his right as before but he had forgotten this and his eyes ranged over the assembled company ah you have not gone he said when he caught sight of him at last you kept on laughing just now because i thought of speaking to the people from the window for a quarter of an hour but i am not eighteen you know lying on that bed and looking out of that window i have thought all sorts of things for such a long time that a dead man has no age you know i was saying that to myself only last week when i was awake in the night <coughs> do you know what you fear most you fear our sincerity more than anything although you despise us 
the idea crossed my mind that night you thought i was making fun of you just now lizabieta prokofievna no the idea of mockery was far from me i only meant to praise you Golia told me the prince called you a child very well but let me see i had something else to say <coughs> he covered his face with his hands and tried to collect his thoughts ah yes you were going away just now and i thought to myself i shall never see these people again never again this is the last time i shall see the trees too i shall see nothing after this but the red brick wall of Meyer's house opposite my window tell them about it try to tell them i thought <coughs> here is a beautiful young girl you are a dead man make them understand that tell them that a dead man may say anything and mrs grundy will not be angry <laughs> you are not laughing he looked anxiously around but you know i get so many queer ideas lying there in bed i have just grown convinced that nature is full of mockery you called me an atheist just now but you know this nature why are you laughing again you are very cruel he added suddenly regarding them all with mournful reproach i have not corrupted Colia, he concluded in a different and very serious tone as if remembering something again nobody here is laughing at you calm yourself said lizaveta prokofievna much moved you shall see a new doctor to-morrow the other was mistaken but sit down do not stand like that you are delirious oh what shall we do with him she cried in anguish as she made him sit down again in the armchair a tear glistened on her cheek at the sight of it hippolyte seemed amazed he lifted his hand timidly and touched the tear with his finger smiling like a child i you he began joyfully you cannot tell how i he always spoke so enthusiastically of you kolya here i liked his enthusiasm i was not corrupting him but i must leave him too i wanted to leave them all there was not one of them not one i wanted to be a man of action i had a right to be oh what a lot of things i wanted now i want nothing i renounce all my wants i swore to myself that i would want nothing let them seek the truth without me yes nature is full of mockery why he continued with sudden warmth does she create the choicest beings only to mock at them the only human being who is recognized as perfect when nature showed him to mankind was given the mission to say things which have caused the shedding of so much blood that it would have drowned mankind if it had all been shed at once oh it is 
better for me to die <coughs> i should tell some dreadful lie too nature would so contrive it i have corrupted nobody i wanted to live for the happiness of all men to find and spread the truth i used to look out of my window at the wall of Meyer's house and say to myself that if i could speak for a quarter of an hour i would convince the whole world and now for once in my life i have come into contact with you if not with the others and what is the result nothing the sole result is that you despise me therefore i must be a fool i am useless it is time i disappeared and i shall leave not even a memory not a sound not a trace not a single deed i have not spread a single truth do not laugh at the fool forget him forget him for ever i beseech you do not be so cruel as to remember do you know that if i were not consumptive i would kill myself though he seemed to wish to say much more he became silent he fell back into his chair and covering his face with his hands began to sob like a little child oh what on earth are we to do with him cried lizaveta prokofievna she hastened to him and pressed his head against her bosom while he sobbed convulsively come 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 there you must not cry that will do you are a good child god will forgive you because you knew no better come now be a man you know presently you will be ashamed hippolyte raised his head with an effort saying i have little brothers and sisters over there poor and innocent she will corrupt them you are a saint you are a child yourself save them snatch them from that she is it is shameful oh help them god will repay you a hundredfold for the love of god for the love of christ speak ivan fyodorovitch what are we to do cried lizaveta prokofievna irritably please break your majestic silence i tell you if you cannot come to some decision i will stay here all night myself you have tyrannized over me enough you autocrat she spoke angrily and in great excitement and expected an immediate reply but in such a case no matter how many are present all prefer to keep silence no one will take the initiative but all reserve their comments till afterwards there were some present varvara ardalyanovna for instance who would have willingly sat there till morning without saying a word varvara had sat apart all the evening without opening her lips but she listened to everything with the closest attention perhaps she had her reasons for so doing my dear said the general it seems to me that a sick nurse would be of more use here than an excitable person like you perhaps it would be as well to get some sober reliable man for the night 
in any case we must consult the prince and leave the patient to rest at once to-morrow we can see what can be done for him it is nearly midnight we are going will he come with us or is he to stay here doktorenko asked crossly of the prince you can stay with him if you like said muishkin there is plenty of room here suddenly to the astonishment of all keller went quickly up to the general excellency he said impulsively if you want a reliable man for the night i am ready to sacrifice myself for my friend such a soul as he has i have long thought him a great man excellency my article showed my lack of education but when he criticizes he scatters pearls ivan fyodorovitch turned from the boxer with a gesture of despair i shall be delighted if he will stay it would certainly be difficult for him to get back to petersburg said the prince in answer to the eager questions of lizaveta prokofievna but you are half asleep are you not if you don't want him i will take him back to my house why good gracious he can hardly stand up himself what is it are you ill not finding the prince on his deathbed lizaveta prokofievna had been misled by his appearance to think him much better than he was but his recent illness the painful memories attached to it the fatigue of this evening the incident with pavlicheff's son and now this scene with hippolyte had also worked on his oversensitive nature that he was now almost in a fever moreover a new trouble almost a fear showed itself in his eyes he watched hippolyte anxiously as if expecting something further suddenly hippolyte arose his face shockingly pale was that of a man overwhelmed with shame and despair this was shown chiefly in the look of fear and hatred which he cast upon the assembled company and in the wild smile upon his trembling lips then he cast down his eyes and with the same smile staggered towards burdovsky and doktorenko who stood at the entrance to the veranda he had decided to go with them there that is what i feared cried the prince it was inevitable hippolyte turned upon him a prey to maniacal rage which set all the muscles of his face quivering ah this is what you feared it was inevitable you say well let me tell you that if i hate any one here i hate you all he cried in a hoarse strained voice but you you with your jesuitical soul your soul of sickly sweetness idiot beneficent millionaire i hate you worse than anything or anyone on earth i saw through you and hated you long ago from the day i first heard of you i hated you with my whole heart you have contrived all this 
you have driven me into this state you have made a dying man disgrace himself <coughs> you 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 are the cause of my abject cowardice i would kill you if i remained alive i do not want your benefits i will accept none from anyone do you hear not from anyone i want nothing i was delirious do not dare to triumph i curse every one of you once for all <coughs> breath failed him here and he was obliged to stop he is ashamed of his tears whispered lebedeff to lizaveta prokofievna it was inevitable ah oh, what a wonderful man the prince is he read his very soul but mrs epanchin would not deign to look at lebedeff drawn up haughtily with her head held high she gazed at the riff-raff with scornful curiosity when hippolyte had finished ivan fyodorovitch shrugged his shoulders and his wife looked him angrily up and down as if to demand the meaning of this movement then she turned to the prince thanks prince many thanks eccentric friend of the family for the pleasant evening you have provided for us i am sure you are quite pleased that you have managed to mix us up with your extraordinary affairs it is quite enough dear family friend thank you for giving us an opportunity of getting to know you so well she arranged her cloak with hands that trembled with anger as she waited for the riff-raff to go the cab which lebedeff's son had gone to fetch a quarter of an hour ago by doktorenko's order arrived at that moment the general thought fit to put in a word after his wife really prince i hardly expected after after all our friendly intercourse and you see lizaveta prokofievna papa how can you cried adelaida walking quickly up to the prince and holding out her hand he smiled absently at her then suddenly he felt a burning sensation in his ear as an angry voice whispered if you do not turn those dreadful people out of the house this very instant i shall hate you all my life all my life it was aglaya she seemed almost in a frenzy but she turned away before the prince could look at her however there was no one left to turn out of the house for they had managed meanwhile to get hippolyte into the cab and it had driven off well how much longer is this going to last ivan fyodorovitch what do you think shall i soon be delivered from these odious youths my dear i am quite ready naturally the prince ivan fyodorovitch held out his hand to mushkin but ran after his wife who was leaving with every sign of violent indignation before he had time to shake it adelaida her fiance and alexandra said good-bye to their host with sincere friendliness 
Evgeny Pavlovitch did the same, and he alone seemed in good spirits. "'What I expected has happened. But I am sorry, you poor fellow, that you should have had to suffer for it,' he murmured, with a most charming smile. Aglaya left without saying good-bye. But the evening was not to end without a last adventure. An unexpected meeting was yet in store for Lizaveta Prokofievna. She had scarcely descended the terrace steps leading to the high road that skirts the park at Pavlovsk, when suddenly there dashed by a smart open carriage, drawn by a pair of beautiful white horses. Having passed some ten yards beyond the house, the carriage suddenly drew up, and one of the two ladies seated in it turned sharp round, as though she had just caught sight of some acquaintance whom she particularly wished to see. "'Yevgeny Pavlovitch, is that you?' cried a clear, sweet voice, which caused the prince, and perhaps someone else, to tremble. "'Well, I am glad I found you at last. I've sent to town for you twice to-day myself. My messengers have been searching for you everywhere.' Evgeny Pavlovitch stood on the steps like one struck by lightning. Mrs. Yepanchin stood still too, but not with the petrified expression of Evgeny. She gazed haughtily at the audacious person who had addressed her companion, and then turned a look of astonishment upon Evgeny himself. "'There's news,' continued the clear voice. "'You need not be anxious about Kupferov's IOUs. Rogozhin has bought them up. I persuaded him to. I dare say we shall settle Biscup too, so it's all right, you see.' au revoir to-morrow and don't worry the carriage moved on and disappeared the woman's mad cried evgeny at last crimson with anger and looking confusedly around i don't know what she's talking about what i owe yous who is she Mrs. Yepanchin continued to watch his face for a couple of seconds. Then she marched briskly and haughtily away towards her own house, the rest following her. A minute afterwards, Evgeny Pavlovitch reappeared on the terrace in great agitation. "'Prince,' he said, "'tell me the truth. Do you know what all this means?' "'I know nothing whatever about it,' replied the latter, who was himself in a state of nervous excitement. "'No, no!' "'Well, nor do I,' said Evgeny Pavlovitch, laughing suddenly. "'I haven't the slightest knowledge of any such IOUs as she mentioned. I swear I haven't. What's the matter? Are you fainting?' oh no no i'm all right i assure you end of part two chapter ten 
Recording by Martin Geeson in Hazelmere, Surrey.